God's instructions. Have you ever felt out of place in your usual surroundings? We have, and we want to talk about it. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And yeah, Daddy, I agree. It sometimes amazes me how we can be on a totally different page than some of those around us. Yeah, me too, Mama. Or even a different book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, follow our podcast online at redpiltora.podbean.com. Find Red Pill Torah on Facebook and Twitter, or email us at redpiltora at gmail.com. Daddy, last time we talked about the Christmas season. And Christmas is something we've grown up with. Stopping a cold turkey was easy, but not super easy. Yeah. I knew it was going to I knew it was something that the father disliked, so I was fine with not celebrating it, but I still would find myself unconsciously humming along with the Christmas songs that seemed to be playing everywhere. Some of the songs were beautiful, with words full of truth, but the timing is all wrong. There are too many Sun God birthdays celebrated at this time to mix this with the miraculous virgin birth of our Messiah. Yeah, I get it. Christmas carols like Silent Night or O Come All Ye Faithful and Joy to the World are really so beautiful. Even Handel's Messiah, with its bold statements about the eternal reign of Yeshua, combines wonderful melodies with strong statements of truth. I think that music is way too good to be mixed uh, mixed in with sun worship. And to our listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go back and listen to episode 19, The Christmas Question. Now, with that said... Seeing the beautiful decorations of Christmas after taking the red pill really has a different effect on me. Mm -hmm. I feel kind of like I don't belong and like I'm a member of some strange minority group. Well, I guess I'm in that group, too, because I can relate. Since seeing things are Elohim's way, I've noticed how off-track society is, and we were before our red pill experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Jehovah's Way is the best way, but we as people often prefer coming up with our own ideals, especially regarding laws and culture, and they're not the best way. And it can feel very isolating not to be surrounded by like-minded people who want to do things Jehovah's Way. If I had to compare it to something, I would say it's like living in Babylon. Hmm. You know, Babylon seems like a great way to describe what I see in our society today. I did look up Babylon in the dictionary. One of the entries referred to it as an ancient city devoted to materialism and sensual pleasures. Another entry says that the name means gateway of the gods, small g, multiple gods. A third entry says that the root of Babylon is Babel, as in the Tower of Babel, in Genesis 11 and 9. The Hebrew word balal means to mix up or confuse. Now, we see it used in Genesis 11 and 9. The letters used to spell balal are actually the letters used to spell Babel, but they're mixed up in a sense. Okay, so devotion to materialism and sensual pleasure, Mm -hmm. gate of the gods, as in many gods, Yep. Confusion. Mm-hmm. I, I can see your point. You know, it's possible to be in Babylon and not realize that you're not obeying God's commandments. I mean, if you think about it, 
Judah was taken captive into Babylon because they had wicked kings who disobeyed Jehovah's instructions. True. And while in Babylon, Elohim's ways were not the law of the land. Judah was there for generations, so people were born under Babylonian influence. It was the responsibility of the older people to teach them their Heavenly Father's ways, but they struggled to follow His ways themselves. Some of these people never knew what it was like to serve their Elohim in freedom. Yep. You know, and I think that believers today are very much like the people of Judea. There are differing cultures all around the world, and people enjoy differing levels of freedom to worship as they choose. I understand that. I don't know of any place, though, where Jehovah's instructions are the law of the land. Yeah. You know, for example, we live here in the United States of America, and we really feel privileged to live here in a place where uh, we can worship freely and uh, enjoy many other freedoms and a place where we love. Mm -hmm. um, and with that said, um, here in the U.S., many people express concerns about our judicial system and corrupt judges. Leviticus 19 and 15 says, You will do no unrighteousness in judgment. You will neither be partial towards the poor nor show favoritism towards the rich, but you will judge your neighbor in fairness. The violence around us reminds me that we live in Babylon, too. Random shooting in the streets, intentional murders at schools and workplaces, and even places of worship, and people rioting and looting for no good reason. It seems like many people have no love for their fellow man, and the laws do more to protect the criminal than the victims. Genesis 6 verse 13 reads, Jehovah says to Noah, The end of all flesh is coming before me, because the earth is full of violence, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. If the violence then impacted our Heavenly Father that seriously, we can only imagine how He feels about it today. Yeah, I'm with you. When I read the Torah, it reminds me that our society's values are not in line with the Father's instructions. In Leviticus 19 and 32, we get a very direct instruction. It says, You will stand up in the presence of a gray-haired person and honor the face of the old man and fear your Elohim. I am Jehovah. In our society, I don't think we respect older people as the Torah says that we're supposed to. In the workplace, older people are the ones with all the experience-based wisdom. We reward them for that wisdom with mandatory retirement, and we do very little to capture the knowledge that's retiring with them. Mm. Older people are even victims of violent crime where we live. Now, that's a really long ways away from standing up to show respect in their presence. And don't get me started on food. When we first got married, ordering a mess of steamed shrimp was a treat for us. Having a Virginia ham sandwich for lunch was good eating. And having bacon on everything, burgers, chicken for breakfast, that was normal. In Babylon, eating anything you want is no big deal. But when we realize that Jehovah's instructions are still valid today, even his food instructions, boy, do we have a lot of repenting and changing to do. Check out episode 15, Don't Eat That, for more details. The calendar is another thing that reminds me we're in Babylon. You know, we learned about Jehovah's calendar in episode 6. We call that one God's calendar. 
God's holy days don't mean much in our society, it seems, and unfortunately it doesn't seem that they mean much in most churches either. Instead, our days and our months are named after false gods, and we celebrate times that are largely based on occult practices. Those include Christmas, New Year's Day, Valentine's Day, Easter, Halloween, and even, to an extent, Sunday worship. We touched on most of these in earlier podcasts. I hope you'll go back and check them out if you haven't heard them already. When in Babylon, the laws are often in opposition to God's instructions. An example of this is when the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt. The Hebrews were having babies so fast that the Egyptians feared that they would be overwhelmed by their numbers. Exodus chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 tells us about an evil law that was that required the midwives to murder the male babies of the pregnant Hebrew women but keep the female babies alive. Because the midwives feared Jehovah, they did not obey the Pharaoh's instructions. Living in Babylon feels like you're always having to make choices that are in line with God's instructions but contrary to the norms of society. Mm-hmm. Of course, not every choice is a red pill or blue pill decision, but many of them are. Imagine how many times you've answered the question, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? There may have been some times when you took the blue pill and you didn't change anything, but no doubt there were many times when you took the red pill, you repented, and you did something different. Now only you could answer that question for yourself in the past, and only you can answer it going forward. Now we would like to share a little encouragement from the Bible for our brothers and sisters living in Babylon. The first scripture comes from Psalms 1. Would you read that in Hebrew for us, Daddy? Ashrei hayesh asher lo halach ba atzat reshaim uvderech chataim lo amad uv moshav letzem lo yeshav. Nice. Thanks. That reads in English, Happy is the man who does not take advice from the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scorners. Ki'im betorah Yehovah, Heftsu uv torato yege yomam val ayla. But whose delight is in the Torah of Yehovah, and in his Torah he meditates day and night. Verse 3 says that the person who does these things will be like a fruitful tree planted by rivers of water. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. I would say this is a great strategy for success in Babylon. Rather than to simply conform to the wishes of people around us, let's choose to meditate on the instructions of Yehovah. Let's take joy in his instructions every day and every night. Mm -hmm. The Torah of our Elohim will make us prosper wherever we are, even in Babylon. Amen, Daddy. 2 Corinthians 6 has some great messages for us who are living in Babylon as well. In verse 3, Shaul, or Paul, writes the following, giving no offense in everything so that the ministry will not be blamed 
but in everything showing ourselves to be ministers of God in difficult situations. The following verses go on to outline many of those difficult situations, including imprisonment, riots, and beatings, while adhering to kindness, love of the word of truth, and the armor of God. Verses 8 through 10 talk about a dual reality that we believers are intimately familiar with. Having a bad reputation with some while being reputable in the things of our Lord, being sorrowful, yet always rejoicing in an unseen hope, lacking some things, yet owning all things through our Father and Yeshua his Son. Living in Babylon, we strive to live in ways that will not give people reasons to attack the integrity of our testimonies. We also persevere through times when our situation suggests one reality, but the word of Jehovah says something else. Remember, Babylon is all about not being disoriented from the truth because everything around us looks upside down. The last two verses gives us some pretty direct instructions. They say, Come out from among the unbelievers and be separated from them, says Jehovah, and do not touch the unclean, and I will receive you. I will be your father, and you will be my children, says the Almighty. While in Babylon, the Father warns us to walk in integrity before him and to not, and to not leave his ways for the ways of Babylon. More on that in a future podcast. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and do some research on the things that we mentioned. Share this podcast with another believer. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.